Um, so we've been talking about uh, the kingdom of God and then uh, about three weeks ago started on kingdom ethics and uh, we continue with that. Um, here, here's what King Jesus is saying. Here's what King Jesus is saying. He's saying, and he is actually a king. Huh? The whole idea of Messiah, Messiah means anointed one, as in the anointed king. That's what it means, huh? There is actually just one king in the entire world. And it's him. And so, we, uh, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I want my reign or my governing influence that is really present here in this world to break through your life into other lives. That's what he's saying. That, that most people are waiting for a kingdom that they think will come in the future. And yet Jesus is saying, I already came 2,000 years ago. I am alive. I'm here now. And therefore my reign or my governing influence has already started. Has already started. This is why people get healed. This is why demons get cast out. This is why bodies, minds, emotions get healed. This is why fish multiply. This is why... Everything that Jesus did when he was on the earth still happens. This is why Isaiah 61 is a reality. To proclaim the good news to the poor. To open blind eyes. To set captives free. All this happens because the governing influence of the king of the universe is present, not in the future, nor in the past in the Bible, but presently. And he says, I want this governing influence to break into other people's lives. And I want to use you for that. That's what he's saying. But he says, if you want to be a good conductor of my reign through you, then here is what you need to become. I mean, uh, uh, stick a pencil into one of these uh, sockets on the wall and nothing happens. Stick a guitar string into it and something happens. Why? Because one is a good conductor, one is not. Don't try this at home. But (laughs) one is a good conductor, one is not. And that's basically what God is saying. Hey, if you want my governing influence to break through your life into other lives around you, then here is how you can become a good conductor. And then he starts with the beatitude saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. And it's basically a self-portrait that he's presenting saying, this is who I am. Become this way and watch how my governing influence breaks through you into the world. And so we've covered, I think, four or five of them. And today we begin with, blessed are the pure for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure for they shall see God. Any questions on that before we go on? He's basically saying, Jacob, become like me. And then he's saying, oh, you don't know how? Let me tell you how. And then he begins to talk about, blessed are those that are transparent, dependent, childlike, in their helplessness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that are not grabby, pushy, type A, manipulative, um, driven, but meek. For they shall inherit everything. But those that are pushy, grabby, manipulative, type A, driven, will inherit everything they strive for. But the meek, the ones who have strength that is submitted to God, are willing to take occasional abuse, will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. As in guys who are desperate for right relationship with God, with each other, with creation and with themselves. People who are in right relationship. At the end of the day, righteousness is simply one word, relationship. That's it. Christianity makes righteousness do's and don'ts. Exactly like the Pharisees did. A God says righteousness is relationship. Blessed are they who hunger after right relationship with God, right relationship with others, right relationship with creation, and right relationship with themselves, for they shall be satisfied. For they shall be satisfied. And they are. And then what is the fourth one? Someone help me. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, blessed are those that mourn. As in, uh, the same kind of mourning that Jesus did when he stood on that hill and looked down on Jerusalem and said, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish I could gather you like a hen gathers its chicks. Or like Lot sitting at the gates of Sodom, agonizing over the condition of Sodom, which was soon to be destroyed. Blessed are those that lament. (laughs) Hey, some of you experience this, eh? when you have a son or a daughter who knows what is right and walks wrong. There's a lament in a parent's heart that is so intense that nobody else can feel it. I've seen it. On parents, in, in parents, where you know that you've done everything you can and they begin to walk wavered. And there is a cry that begins to rise because you're helpless and yet everything in you wants to do something to say, come back and you will be alright. It's that kind of a cry, man. And then we come to this part. Right relationship is critically. Eh? God is not too bothered when you... Uh, break a law. He is really bothered when you violate relationship. And the crazy thing is, if you don't violate relationship, you won't break the law. If I will not violate my relationship with Mike, I will not do anything to harm him or break any of the Ten Commandments. Like I said last time, look at the Ten Commandments, it's only about relationship. It starts with, I am your God. And then it starts with, Here's your relationship with God, the first four. The next six are your relationship with people. Get the relationship right. You won't steal. You won't covet someone else's wife or his donkey or his car. You won't kill. You won't be angry. Right relationship. Critical, huh? What happens with us is we are mildly dissatisfied with broken relationships. The only relationship we like keeping intact is the one with God. And we do that through repentance, forgiveness, uh, cleansing and stuff like that. But we don't care too much for the other three relationships. With self, with friends, with creation. We don't. And all four are critical to God. Today we start with blessed are the... What's the time? Uh, we'll go by the, that clock. <laughs> ha, for once, time is on my, my side. <laughs> blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. And we'll only do part one of it, because there are two parts. Today we only do one part. 
Um, blessed are the pure for they shall see God. Guys, is it even possible? I mean, is it even possible one to see God? And what, is, what does God even mean by you'll see me? Blessed are the pure for they shall see God. And then is it even possible to be pure? Oh, what kind of standard is this where God is calling me to be pure, but is it even possible to be pure? I mean, if you want to listen to the teaching on purity, go to sent1.org because we did this last year. Sent1.org and it's in the month of January you'll find a teaching on purity. So I won't be going in depth into that, but you can always listen to it. It's from January 2016. Is it even possible to be pure? First Peter 1, 15, 16. Hey, here's the thing. Uh, Jesus will never ask of me anything that's not possible. You've got to believe that. Jesus will never ask of me anything that's not possible. He never does that. He is so real that there's nothing impractical, uh, super spiritual. He's very real. He never asks anything of me that's not possible. And it says in First Peter 1, 15 and 16, it actually says... As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. It's odd, eh? He doesn't say you also be holy. He says you also be holy in all your conduct. Guys, here's the truth. Like it or not, if you're a Christian, you have already been made holy. There's nothing more you can do. You didn't get holy because you prayed a prayer. You didn't get holy because you got baptized. You didn't get holy because you belonged to this fine church. You didn't get holy because you gave an offering. You became holy because the Holy One of God now lives in you. You cannot get holier. But here's what he's saying. Be holy in your conduct. And therein lies our problem, eh? How do you walk pure and maintain pure conduct? It's almost impossible it would look like. And yet that's what God is asking. So let's look at some verses. You might have to flip your Bible or phone quite a lot today. So the first one, guys, uh, uh, let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Here's what it says, Ephesians 4, verse 22. Verse 22, where is it? Yeah. It says, you, um, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, into righteousness and holiness. Sounds terribly complicated. So here's what Paul is saying. Hey guys, put off your old self that is corrupted. That's what he's saying. Another word for old self is old man. Some versions use old man. So that's the first statement he makes. Put off your old self, 
or old man which is corrupted. But here's a problem, guys. Not problem. Look at this. Go to Romans 6 6. Romans 6 6. Romans 6 6. So Ephesians 4 22 says, Put off your old self that is corrupted. Now go to Romans 6 6. Look at what it says there. Romans 6 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him. <laughs> so, for we know that our old self was crucified. So Paul in Ephesians says, put off your old self that is corrupted. But he's already said in Romans, for you know that your old self was crucified. Here's the thing. This is who I think I am. Here's how I think of myself and how you think of yourself. You are continuously thinking that you have an old nature that is corrupted, that keeps coming up again and again and again and again and again. This is how we naturally think. Every time you lie, you think to yourself, ah, there I go lying again. Every time you look at porn, you think to yourself, there I go watching porn again. Every time you break or violate something that you know is good and true, you think to yourself, there I go again. And so this is where almost all Christians live, eh? Continuously putting off an old self that is corrupted. But our problem is, we don't know this bit. That it has already been put to death. It has already been put to death. That this is not your true self. Let's look at the other side and then it will begin to make more sense. Go to uh, Ephesians 4.24. Ephesians 4.24. Ephesians 4.24. And here's what it says. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self. Put on the new self. Put on the new self created in the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Crazy, huh? This is how we think. This is what has happened. And this is what God says we should now be. Look at what it's saying. Put on the new self created in the likeness of God. Guys, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, know without a shadow of a doubt, and this is very hard for the mind to comprehend, know without a shadow of a doubt that the real you that God deals with is created in his likeness. When God relates to you, he's not relating to this because he knows this happened. When God deals with you, he's always dealing with you like this. I know. It's hard to actually believe this. Go ahead. I'll come to that. Yeah.
kind of, we'll get there. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Romans 13, 14. Romans 13, 14. Says kind of the same thing. Clothe yourself. Or some versions like ESV say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 14. Put on the, new, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, I, I might have to go over this a few times. We may not finish today, but that's no big deal. It's best to not finish. This is where all of us leave, live. Um, I'm really struggling. I, I have had this situation with lying, with cheating, with porn, with uh, bad thoughts, with self-hatred, with fear. Uh, this is where I continuously live. Uh, I, I've been failing. I'm inadequate. This is where I live. I, I've been struggling. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to put off my old self, my old nature, or my old man. This is what we continuously say. While Paul is actually saying, hey, by the way, while you're struggling with it, know that it's already dead. Because it's crucified. So that the body of sin may be destroyed. That's what he's saying. And on the other hand, here's what's actually our true condition. Put on the new self created in the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self. As in, what is the new self? Clothe yourself. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The new self is the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think happened when you got born again? Christ came in. So when God relates with you, he doesn't relate with you here. He relates with... This is why he literally wants to say to some of us today that listen. Let me read it out as I've written. Listen, I do not regard your failures, sin and adequacy today as the truth about you. I do not regard your failures, your sins and your inadequacies as the truth about you. Because my son dealt with all those unloving things that you do on the cross. I do not regard your failure, sin and inadequacy as a truth about you. This is how we think God thinks of us. eh? This is how God really thinks of us. When you begin to actually... Let this marinate and go in deeper and deeper and deeper. You'll begin to have a healthy appreciation for yourself. Not an unhealthy appreciation. A healthy appreciation of yourself. We'll talk about how to move from here to here. Oh, like she was saying, we'll talk about how to work out your salvation. But the first place you start with any working out your salvation is here, man. That the real Jacob, the true Jacob, the Jacob that God relates with, The Jacob that God said Jacob is, is a Jacob who is new and created in the likeness of God. This is the true Jacob. And when Jacob begins to think like this, he begins to act like this. When you think like this, you're constantly struggling and the church has encouraged this. Put off your old self, put off your old self, put off your old self, put off your... We should come up with a new chorus calling, put off your old self. With an extra trumpet piece and all that stuff. 
Like really good sounding song. This is who I think I am. This is who I really am. This is who I really am. Just imagine it, huh? My new self is created in the likeness of God. My new self is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave his life for me. It's impossible to walk in purity if I don't come to this simple understanding that I am one who is created in the likeness of God. My new self is that way. That I do not relate with this. If I live here, I'll struggle continuously. You know, when some guys here in the church gave me a treadmill and sent a message um, uh, during Christmas. Yeah, if you didn't know about that, some people in the church decided it was a bright idea to give me a treadmill as a gift. So it was a Sunday morning and uh, I think it was Finn and Ari and Tate who came up to me and gave me a t-shirt. And on the t-shirt it said, no more excuses. And they said, this is the first part of the gift. And I'm looking at it saying, no more excuses. What in the world does that mean? Are they trying to say that I've been doing something wrong and stuff like that? I thought at the best, the second part of the gift is the lower half of the t-shirt. Maybe a pair of track pants or something. So evening, these four big burly guys are knocking at my door um, and there's a treadmill there. Now, you can provide me a treadmill, you can provide me a t-shirt, but after all that is done, I still have to do something with it. Hanging my t-shirt on the treadmill doesn't do any good. I've tried it. Nothing happened. (laughs) So you have to wear the t-shirt and then do something. That's the work out the salvation bit. And we'll talk about that because we have more than an hour and a half left before it turns four. So the point is this, guys. You must not think of yourself here. You have to begin to think like this. And today I got a call from someone who was, um, just before coming here, from, uh, who, who's messing up their lives and wants to continue living, up, living a messed life. And I'm talking to the person. And part of me wants to get angry. Part of me wants to react a certain way. And where's my default? The new self created in the likeness of God. I'm thinking to myself, that's the real me. So anger, fear, Bitterness, self-hatred, these things that we Christians think are normal to our human experience is no longer normal to our experience. They are alien. We take them on and think it's part of our life. My normal life is not an angry life, nor was Jesus' life an angry life. My normal life is not an anxious life because I don't see Jesus getting anxious. My normal life is not a lustful life because I don't see Jesus getting lustful. My normal life is not a life that is bitter or is consumed with self-hatred because I don't see Jesus like that. And trust me, Jesus was not a good-looking guy. Nobody gave him a second look, the Bible says. It's absolutely scriptural. He was average or a little worse than me. Excuse me, you're you're laughing at the wrong time, Shireen. (laughs) The point is this... (laughs) So Mike and Karen and Shireen all lose their membership. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> so, oh, you're not. 
That's why you've been bold. Okay. Guys, you please understand that this is not who Jesus, this is not who Jacob is. It's not normal for Jacob to be a certain way. It's just that we think it's part of normal human experience. And it's a lie. It's a lie. Because it's a part of normal human experience, we wrestle with these things just like the world. The only difference is we say prayers before and after. Can't live like this. And so I'm on the phone and um, anger wasn't suddenly natural. It was abnormal. It wasn't natural. Wanting to say something to put the person in place was not natural. Dissing the person was not natural. It was abnormal. I can take it on. This is what I mean. When you begin to think like this, you become something else. But Jacob, you don't know my situation. Of course I don't. But you don't know mine either. And we have our own situations and we work through them. But we work through them from this place that God has said we are, not what has already been destroyed. This is real, guys. I'm not saying it's not real, but we'll move this way. Any questions before we go on? Any questions? Um, Do we accept it by faith? Yeah, almost everything in Christianity uh, is obtained through trusting that when God says it, it actually is true and you don't have to go and figure out the Greek and Hebrew of it to, to believe it. I mean, you think God didn't know that Greek and Hebrew are terribly tough languages that none of us will know? I mean, I'm grateful for guys who know Greek and Hebrew, but thank God there are none here. So, Everything in Christianity is obtained by trusting that what God says he really means. Just imagine what will happen to you when you begin to think like this. That I am actually someone who has a new self created in the likeness of God. And when I say the likeness of God, I mean put on the new self created in the likeness of God. What I'm basically saying is put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And once I put him on, I don't need to be like normal humans are. I'm in the world, but I'm really not of the world. I have a different... I mean, we sang that song. I have your blood running through my veins. I've been born again into a family. Your blood runs through my veins. Sounds good on a song. Where you begin to behave differently. Where laziness would be a very welcome thing. And then I think to myself, but that's not my new self. I'm created in the likeness of God. Jesus wasn't really lazy. So Jacob, get off your backside, stop watching CNN and get on with work. Everything becomes a little different. I I know that the Spirit of God will let this sink into wherever it's supposed to sink into and that if you begin to um, think about it, it will begin to change you. Remember guys, our bodies are neutral. They'll do whatever we tell them to do. Our bodies, there's no evil. You cut my flesh, evil doesn't come out. No snakes will come out. Just blood. So body is neutral. My spirit is brand new. I got Christ living in me. The only area that needs work is my thinking. 
my reasoning. Yep. Any questions on this, guys? Please feel free to ask. And remember the word flesh. Whenever you see the word flesh in the Bible, think of it this way. I know we've talked about this before. There are two words for flesh. Soma, sarks. Soma means body. Somatic disorders. Uh, whenever Paul uses the word flesh, it's this word sarks. S-A-R-X. It means the manner of life before you received Christ. That's why when he talks about put off your old self that is corrupted by your former manner of life. He talks about it in Ephesians 4. Okay, moving on then. Guys, the new self created in the likeness of God is who I truly am, who I really am. He, look at this. This is not my line. I don't remember who said it. To say that I have sinned is true. To say that I am free of sin is truer still. I love the line. To say that I have sinned is true. But to say that I am free of sin is truer still. Selah. To say that I have sinned is true. But to say that I am free of sin is truer still. Put off your old self that is corrupted and put on your new self. This old self that you've let gone of was crucified on the cross. For we know that our old self was crucified so that the body of sin may be destroyed. So it is true that I have sinned, but it is truer still that I am free of sin. And it is not normal. It is not normal for Jacob to sin. It is not normal for Jacob to sin. I'm not trying to say it louder so I convince myself. I'm saying it louder because I'm convinced of it. It is not normal for me to sin. Every time I sin, it's not normal. It's something that I'm taking on, man. It doesn't matter what addiction you have. You begin to believe this, you will see how addictions begin to fall off. And by addictions, I don't mean just drugs and porn and alcohol. There can be addiction to self-hatred. Where you've hated yourself for 20 years, you think that's not an addiction. Where there's an addiction to fear, bitterness, disharmony. These are addictions, guys. They've become habit habits. It's unfair to leave addictions at drugs, alcohol, and porn. Because uh, we haven't renewed our minds, and we'll talk about that. And we actually don't think that this is our true condition. I am so looking forward to the rest of my life. I'm so looking forward to it. Because I'm created in the likeness of God. I don't have to think of things as normal anymore. And it is not idealistic or utopian. It's Christian. It is, but... We should by now begin to grasp our identity. We should. This is the true you. It's the true you. You've heard that story, right? I love, uh, I was uh, saying in Nandigama when I was there two weeks ago, um, 
king came to a little island, decided he's going to kill all the eagles, killed all the eagles. And then after he had killed all the eagles, found, this one soldier finds four eggs, eagle eggs. And he brings it to the king and said, king, four eggs left, let's destroy them too. The king was evil, so he rubs his hands with glee and says, let's not destroy them. And so he says, what shall we do with them? So he says, I've got a chicken coop in the back of my house. Let's put the eagle eggs in the chicken coop. So they take the eagle eggs and put it in the chicken coop. And the eggs hatch. And the eagles come out. And the mother hen takes care of the eagles. And it's an open chicken coop with high fences, that's all. But the blooming eagles won't fly because they think they're chicken. And so an island, an eagle from another island visits. And he's sitting there watching them scrounge in the dirt. And he's saying, guys, there's much more. You want to fly? No, we can't. No, you really can if you flap those wings. No, we're not allowed to. Why? Look at the others around us. That's normal human life. And so they stayed there till one eagle dared. And that was it. Love the story. Because so many times I'm like that. This is not who I think I am. This is who I think I am. And the world around me, the church, my parents, my pastors, me, myself, reinforces that this is who I am. And so it's very normal. And therefore we have counseling sessions. Tell me, brother, what's happening to you? Oh, sinning. What if we took people here? What if there was a new generation that lived here? We'd run counselors out of work. To live out the true you, hey, listen to this line, nothing has the power to change my new nature created after the likeness of God, but my mind has the power to affect my behavior. Nothing has the power to change my new nature. My new self, my new nature is created, created, not, 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 not some modern art blotches that God threw on the wall of my life. No, Created in the likeness of God. This is my new nature. Nothing has the power to change my new nature. This is why you will go to heaven tonight with every sin that you mentioned. You go and repent and God takes you to heaven. Why? Because your new nature, nothing has the power to change it. But my mind has the power to change the way I behave. When I renew my mind to think a certain way, now my nature and my behavior match. And Paul's letters were always about that. Paul's letters were, hey, you are holy, so why don't you start behaving like that? Hey, you are a Christian, show me your ethics. Hey, how come your Corinthians are behave, I have given you life to life, but you, life to God, but you still behave like the Corinthians? How come you're going, eating in temples, uh, participating in idolatry, indulging in sexual immorality. Don't you know? How many don't you knows does he come up with? Don't you know you're this? Don't you know you're that? Don't you know? Why? Because he says your nature and your ethics, your nature and your behavior must match. Biggest problem in Christianity, eh? especially among the young. Love the Lord, will weep before the Lord and then not be able to sustain it. Same with the grown-ups, of course, but we do it in hiding. To live out the true you, you must renew the spirit of your mind. To live out the true you, you must renew the spirit of the mind. 
Amazing board you've got us, Chantal. Comes with music. <laughs> Where's the... Yeah. Guys, um, to live out the true you, you must renew the spirit of your mind. Uh, listen, h- here's the thing. Huh? Our minds... Here are, here are some words Paul uses to this. Derek, welcome. We normally start at 1.40. You were supposed to move your clock forward, not two hours backward. Just so you know. Okay. Minds. Here's the thing about minds that Paul says uh, and Jesus say. Our minds, the ones that we are born with, the ones that we have cultured in this world, are debased, traditional. Jesus said that your minds are traditional. Uh, uh, callous, darkened, alienated blind, proud, deceitful. You can throw in a few others if you want to, but these have scriptural references um, like Romans 128. Not that you need scriptural references for this. We know this about ourselves. Ephesians 4, 18 to something, 18 to 20, and 2 Corinthians 4, 4. 2 Corinthians 4 4. So this is where, this is what our minds are like that, are like. And now God is saying, hey Jacob, you've got a new nature. You're created in my likeness. Uh, This is the true you. This is the you I relate with. This is the you that sometimes explodes in worship. This is the you that is strikingly honest with me in prayer. This is the you that connects with me as a child connects to his father. This is the you where the spirit of God lives. This is the you out of which emanates that Abba cry. This is the you that is no longer a slave to fear. This is the you that is a child of God. This is the you that I look at. This is the you that has been purchased with the blood of Christ. This is the you that has been anointed by the spirit. This is the you that is true and real. But you have a mind that has been cultured in the world that is this way. And so I want you to renew your mind so that your nature and your behavior match up. Guys, this is what the world feeds, eh? This is what the world feeds. All media feeds this. Most education feeds this. Let's throw in another one. Our minds are super rational. Media, education, the world, and culture, this is what it feeds. The only problem is The world is getting our children earlier than it got us. So they get affected with this. They get infected by this far earlier than you and I got infected by it. I mean, I grew up in India, man. We didn't have a TV till I was 16 or 17 and that was a black and white TV that would turn blue after one hour. God is saying, uh, want to renew your mind? 
Let me show you how to renew your mind. Guys, I'm going to go for 10 minutes more and then stop because it'll be uh, four and uh, we'll have to continue it next week, which I'd really not like to do, but I'll have to. Um, But that's okay. So, there's easy ways to renew your mind. Why are they easy? Because God provided them already. There are about nine or ten ways that he says, hey, do this, do this, do this, and you can renew your mind. But it all begins at this one place. The starting point of the renewing of your mind is understanding your new self that was obtained at the cross. Your thought life must support the reality of your new self. Your thought life must support the reality of your new self. Um, I was talking to Heidi a day or two ago and uh, I'd done something to uh, hurt, offend, let down someone in this church. And so Heidi comes and uh, tells me that this is what the person is thinking. And the first reaction in my mind is argue, um, defend, justify. And that's normal for humans. And yet... The new self created in the likeness of God does not justify, argue, defend first. It looks at what is true and enjoys the truth. And so listen to what Heidi said. And while she's still sitting there, write this unqualified apology to this person. Why? Not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm sucking up to them, not because I want them to stay in church. I really am not into that but because they needed an apology because I hurt them and did them harm. Knowingly or unknowingly, but it hurt them. Guys, all I'm trying to say, why am I giving you these examples from my life? Because that's the only life I really know well. Um, What I'm trying to say is this. You cannot renew your mind till you first come to grips with the truth that God sees you only as a new self created in his likeness. He does not look at you and see the sin and the inadequacy and the failure. He's not relating to that person. That has been taken care of on the cross. He says, my son dealt with all those unloving details of your life on the cross. This is why he looks at you and says, you are honored. I honor you. Scary stuff when God says stuff like that. I always think God humbles himself when he says stuff like, Jacob, I honor you. Is it scriptural? You should read Isaiah 43. He's talking about Israel and its people. I honor you. You're precious to me. I really love you. The king of the universe coming and saying it to a guy like me? I always tell God, not always, I occasionally tell God, Father, it fascinates me how you humble yourself to say stuff like that to me. But why is he able to say it? Because he relates to the new self that Jacob is created in the likeness of God. He relates to me like he relates to Jesus Christ because I have put on the new self and the new self according to the other side of the board is put on the Lord Jesus Christ which you have. It's natural for you to be like Christ. I know as I say that you and I are thinking it is natural for you to be like Jesus Christ. 
It is unnatural for you and I to be where we are. It's unnatural. It's not normal. Our normality is the new self created in the likeness of God. That is when you're the freest. We won't go into renewing the mind today because I'll leave you half-baked. Most of you don't need a tan. So, um, here's the reality that we have to come to grips with. That I only have this life and it's normal for me to live this way. Christ-like. When you go to work, when your spouse says something nasty, when you're not appreciated, when you feel like um, people are pushing you around, when uh, in all those situations, you'll find yourself easily defaulting to who you are. Why? Because you actually think that's who you are. When you think you are who you are, you behave that way, guys. It is. And it'll become easier as we find this whole idea of renewing the mind. Pardon? Yeah. The more used you get to it. But it begins here. Please, this week, if you can just... Jacob, what does this have to do with blessed are the pure for they shall see God? I'm saying it is absolutely possible to be pure in your conduct because it's normal for you. It's normal for you. It's absolutely possible for you to begin to repair relationships with others, with your spouse, with your brothers, with your sister, with your mother, your father. It's natural for you to do that. It's not abnormal. It's abnormal for the world, but it's natural for you. He does that regardless of whether I do it or not because he relates to the new self created in the likeness of God. But when I don't, it grieves him. But he's a God who rejoices over me, man, because he relates to this other person. I so want to leave this earth with my behavior like my nature. I want to leave this earth with my behavior like my nature. I want you to be able to see the difference in me even before the end of December. I'm so gung-ho about this. I want you to see it. I don't want someone in India to see it. Big deal. I go there once every four or five months or perhaps once every five weeks. But (laughs) I don't want them to see it. It doesn't do me any good. It's the hardest to be different and noticed in your family. And if you guys can see it, then I'll think to myself, oh shucks. This is actually working, oh God. I'm done. Any questions? This is going to go, guys. Imagine when our debased minds, traditional mindset, callous, hardened minds, darkened minds, alienated minds, blind minds, proud, deceitful, rational minds begin to disappear and is replaced by, you know what the renewed mind really is? It's the mind of Christ. And there are about 10 verses which gives us such clear pathways into how to be. Questions, comments, disagreements, challenges. Uh, Let me shut this so I don't go on.
And then you can ask. Paul says, renew the spirit of your mind. We'll talk about that next week. So that we can actually live holy conduct. Having been made holy, Acts 29 began to live a holy conduct. That'll be brilliant. Questions? No questions? Comments? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, if you could locate the verse where it says sin in our members, uh, we could. Because there is no sin in this body. This body is free of sin. This body, God made, it's decaying. That's the only problem with this body. Otherwise, there's no sin in this body. My body will not do, like I always say, it'll do good. Hey, good to see you, man. Or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's not in my flesh. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying, as far as I know from scripture, there's no sin in my body. I can think a certain way. And at the end of the day, when it comes to generational sins, guys, all that sometimes is happening is if my grandfather was a drunkard, Demons who've been around for ages will come and offer my father the same choice of drinking. And then will offer me the same choice of drinking. Because they know the tendency in the family. There's a tendency in a family. And so every generation has offered that. Or there'll be adultery in the family for the last four generations. And every fresh generation will be offered the chance to indulge in adultery or pornography. And all it takes is for one man or one woman to stand up and say, I'm not going to. That is a more brilliant way than having ministry. I'm not saying ministry is not important. But I'm saying let us rise to a place where we minister but we, but we operate from... Music, please. Where we operate from here. Yeah. Renewing of our minds. You can switch it off, me. Go ahead. Yeah. 